You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. several years uh, the names it's been Jordan Kobe Malone and tonight Kareem how does it hit you to sit atop that scoring mountain um I don't think it has I don't think it has hit me um you know I had a moment you know obviously when it happened and, and embracing that moment and seeing my family and my friends and you know, you know people that's been you know around me since I started this journey um even before the NBA so you know, I definitely had a moment right there, very emotional, just to, you know, knowing just, you know, me be from a, a kid from a small town in Ohio. And, and uh, you know, um, you know, I had a moment there, but I don't think it's really hit me on what what just transpired. Um, you know, as much as I tried to live in the moment, it was kind of a blur. Um, you know, but, you know, looking back there and seeing my, seeing my guys back there and, being, you know, out there on the floor with my kids and my wife and my mom, you know, uh, you know, it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really cool feeling. It was a really cool moment uh, to watch as uh, he went into the game needing 36 to tie. He got 38. I don't know, something about that's kind of cool. But I think the coolest moment was when he did eclipse Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by the way, that record has stood for 38 years. So, and I believe this is the 30. He did it on the 38th day of the year. Did he? The numbers are cool, aren't they? Um, but when Jabbar is sitting there side court and they get up to celebrate, and Kareem is there, I've always thought the world of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on and off the court. He's a highly, highly intelligent man, genius status, and uh, I thought that that. To me, that signified the passing of the torch. And, and also, you know, some players are a little, I don't know if I want them to break my record. He was all okay with it. He embraced it. And, and I love that part of it. Gave him a ball. Yep. And uh, just a, a special moment. And, and then he uh, ruined it. Well, hold up. Before we get to that, <laughs> um, all of LeBron's you know, special powers as a player was on display, uh, going to the rack, uh, hitting the threes, hitting, I think he, he, uh, ultimately got the, uh, record on a, on a fade away from the elbow there, uh, 15 footer. And, um, you know, off the court, 
Has there ever been a superstar who uh, it, it, one who has the star power of LeBron who really hasn't gotten in trouble, right? Who 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 uh, who donates tons of money, tons of money, uh, is involved in all sorts of different charities. I, I and I I know what you're about to where you're about to go, and I understand that. But I think the, the big picture, LeBron James, and I hated the decision. I still remember being at Oak Hill Bar in Birmingham, here in Homewood, and watching the decision when he said, "I'm taking my talents to South Beach." And now every kid in America, when he makes his decision, I'm taking my talents to, yeah. to Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa yeah. yeah, you know, it just it drives me bonkers. But uh, other than that, he really hasn't made any, uh, and now that, that was just a minor little mis- misstep. He hasn't made any major missteps in, in his career, and he's done so much for the city of Akron. He's never forgotten where he is from. And, uh, you know, as my buddy Grant Wall, the late Grant Wall, still can't believe he's gone, he is the one that penned the cover story uh, on, Sports, on Sports Illustrated, for Sports Illustrated, um, when LeBron was in high school, and the, the, the tagline was, The Chosen One. And SI has been known, uh, even back then, to uh, be hyperbolic in their cover headlines, but man, they that one was spot on. He was the chosen one, and now that he uh, broke one of the most hallowed records in all of American sports and uh, did it at home uh, in front of a star-studded crowd, and man, he was just feeling it. He was just feeling it. He and, played and, like LeBron James has played in how many games? Yeah. And, and, I mean, and, he, his and, lines, 38 points, uh, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, uh, a couple of blocks. And, it, it was a perfect LeBron and, James and you, night. And you hear the audio of him talking to his kids about, okay, I need to get uh, eight, I got 16, I need 8 in this quarter. Should I do it? Should I do it? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And and the fact that his kids were there, his wife was there, uh, the Hollywood celebrities were there courtside who probably p- paid way too much money for those tickets. Um, and, and then, of course, having Kareem Abdul-Jabbar there uh, wearing uh, a jacket with number 33. I, I just thought it was a special moment. It, it was indeed, and I, I guess it will never... Uh erase that moment but why would a guy with all the characteristics that you're talking about i mean he's a good guy he's i I think personally i took he's made a couple of mistakes with tweets you know i i oh yeah i can get past that okay yeah um he loves joe burrow by the way (laughs) sorry 1206 (laughs) you didn't mention cincinnati by name but we're counting it because you mentioned burrow okay all right but after you know he got the mic and for whatever reason, I guess at, at the end, he says, blank, man, thank you all. And he drops the worst yeah. four-letter word you can. And you know why ruin the moment, LeBron? There are so many kids that run around in our nation with his jersey on that were watching that. that his parents, parents on the East Coast let him stay up late. And then now, they th- I would 
Is that okay now for the six-year-olds? Now, the parents need to take over and say, don't do play like LeBron, don't talk like LeBron. And I may be the ultimate stay-out-of-my-front-yard guy standing there with my rake, but I just I, I think in many ways he, he tarnished the moment. I think what he was referring to in those opening comments that we played was that moment, that he just got caught up in it and, and you know, he made a mistake. Um, he made a mistake in a very public way, and uh, um, you know I, I, I've certainly made mistakes. Uh, and and uh, to to me, it it it's it it's sort of it does not overshadow the whole entirety of the evening. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, he now is uh, seasoned enough as a public speaker. Uh, to know to know better, but the thing is now. Now correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. But but they stopped the game. Yeah, they did. And and, and so he was speaking to the crowd while the adrenaline is going. I mean that 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 has got to be really hard. I mean, there's a reason that there's a cool down period before you can enter a locker room uh, in, in the NFL. I mean, you can't really go into locker rooms anymore in college football. Uh, or college basketball, I don't believe, uh, at most schools. But there, uh, there's a cool-down period of 15 minutes, so you, the, the adrenaline can just get out of your body, and, and you can be a little more clear-headed. And uh, I, I think, you know, he's, he's in the middle of a game. And, and, by the way, it should be noted that the Lakers lost the game. Uh, third, 133, 130, something. Yeah, 133-130. Like um and uh but but it's just a difficult moment you know to to do all to <laughs> to grasp the enormity to try to summon the right words and then um to you know thank all the right people and you're speaking extemporaneously the emotion is going the adrenaline is flowing you know you're in a close game you got to get back out on the court so, I mean, there's a lot going on there. Doesn't excuse it, in my opinion. You know, it, seize the moment as the great one that you are, the chosen one. It also tells me he probably uses that word in everyday language all the time because it fell out pretty comfortably, uh, almost like he, he didn't care. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he is now the leading scorer in the National Basketball Association, and it is duly noted and it was a very, very cool moment. Um, Can I ask I, I hate you, it that it ended that way. Do you think, so it took 38 years for this record to be broken. Do you think it will be another 38 years until LeBron's bro record is broken? I want everybody to stop just for a second and think of this number. 38,390. I mean... Whoa! Do the math. That's that's incredible. Uh, but I didn't think anybody would eclipse Jabbar. He did. Uh, let me ask you a question. We're going to go to break. When we get back, we're going to have Sonny Smith, uh, former head coach at Auburn. We're going to talk some basketball. If you were starting an NBA team right now, and you could have in their first year Michael Jordan or LeBron James, who would you take? Oh, that's easy for me. Oh, he's from Ohio. No, 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 no. MJ. 
Okay, good. A- a- MJ is the single greatest competitor I have ever seen in my life. Oh. And if you, if for evidence of that, just watch the last dance. Right? Oh, I phenomenal. Mean, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh, the footage of that, I mean, he wanted just to take your heart out and just eat it. I mean, he was like Mike Tyson type of guy. And uh, and even his teammates feared him because they didn't want to let him down. And, man, he would just get on his teammates something fierce if uh, they weren't playing up to the standard that Michael Jordan set. My, I'd take Michael Jordan in a in a New York, you, not a New York minute, in a New York second. You you did not hesitate. No. So, good. I, I, I'm the same way. Um, so, uh, we will get to that. We'll talk more basketball. And Sonny, certainly. Sonny used to spend a lot of time on the West Coast. You know, he was at Pepperdine for a while. He and Jerry West were very good friends. So I'm sure he has some commentary. The logo. On, uh, <laughs> on LeBron. And we will do that. On the other side of this break, you're listening to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. This is Marcus agreeing to a fun winter game night, the kind with fun rules. Okay, so the first player asks the second player to pick the third player's weapon. Fun discussions. Wow, guys. Windy tonight, rain moving in after midnight, maybe a few thunderstorms as well, the low 60. Tomorrow, rain tapers off during the morning, the high 65. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt, Christian, Lars, Joe, Josh, and Aiden all bringing the show together. Oh, no, it's overcast, but uh, mildly temperature-wise, it's all right. So uh, enjoy the afternoon because I think we're getting rain tonight. All right, Sonny Smith is going to join us, former Auburn coach and uh, now member of the Auburn broadcast team. Does a fabulous job, literally, in about every walk of life, because I've known the man since Barkley signed. Okay, I know. (laughs) I know what that makes. Anyway, um, Sonny, I want to talk about Auburn basketball. I'm very intrigued by this team. But first, you know, you're a Lakers guy because you've known uh, Jerry West for, I guess, most of your coaching career. So I imagine you have yes. a thought or two on LeBron James breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. Well, I knew it was going to happen. That's one thing that I knew, and uh, I, I just I, the only thing I figured was how quick was it going to happen. And the reason there would be any thought process that would be negative about that is the fact that he doesn't look to score every time he gets the basketball. He's the kind of guy that keeps the ball moving, gets it to people, can hit people, and a great assist man. And most of the time you look on guys that were great, great scorers, they weren't assist people too. And this guy can defend, and he also is a great assist man. So I think he's one of the greatest players ever lived myself. 
Coach, this record stood for 38 years. Uh, do you see it getting broken in the next 38 years? It, it, it's hard to imagine uh, <laughs> uh, looking that far down the road, but uh, is this going to be one of those records that uh, may never be broken? I think it'll be there for a long time, and the reason I say that, I don't think the people that are great, great players, great scorers will stay in the league long enough. You know, I, I think years ago, people played longer, stayed in the game longer without reserves taking their place. Uh, I think the way the game is played today, I think it's going to be extremely hard for somebody to do it. There'll be people that are fully capable, but the style of play and the age and time uh, the way the league is playing right now, I don't. I, I doubt it being broken for many, many years. Sonny, who do you have as your greatest player of all time? And, you know, obviously, a lot of people are going to say LeBron now that he holds his record. But who would you say is your greatest player of all time? I'll go on what Jerry West told me. He said, "Sonny, there's never been a player as good as Will Chamberlain." He said, "Will Chamberlain." Huh could go outside in, in a horse game and beat all of the Lakers when I was playing, me included. He said he could he could jump higher than everybody else. He could block shots. And he said when he wanted to play, there wasn't a position he couldn't play. And it, it wasn't like uh, – Jerry didn't say there's times he didn't want to play, but he said when he wanted to play, he's the best player that ever played. And I'll have to go along with that. I believe it will might have been. Um, and they played together a few years uh, with the Lakers. Many years, huh? many years. By the, and also, by the way, Elgin yeah. Baylor. Elgin Baylor's on that team, too. So, you know, you think about how good uh, Will could have been if he uh, didn't have to give the ball up. And uh, they had a guard out of UCLA's name, Escapes Me, who had to have the ball to score, Gail too. Goodrich. Had, Gail Goodrich. They had to have a number of people that could uh, had, had to have the ball. And Will, they told me, would give it up, freely give it up. Elgin Baylor could write and read a book and then land back on the floor. Just <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> athletic talent. Oh, yeah. God, I love the NBA back then. Anyway, uh, let's move on to Auburn. What a scrappy performance. Auburn has shown signs of uh, struggling on the road, and in the end they struggled here. But I give a lot of credit credit to buzz and the aggies uh their two guards as i watched this game last night sonny their two guards are probably the best tandem in the sec and i think it's because of size i think anytime they go out there they're outsizing or outpowering uh other teams guards not not to make them look bad uh you know but to play even or better almost every night out those big guards are difficult that one kid, uh, you'll have to tell me on a name, uh, scored 30 points against us, and he's out there at 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, playing guard. And it, uh, it, it amazes me the size of people that are playing the guard position now. And uh, I think size is hurting Auburn because their guards are smaller. Sonny, at what does Auburn need to improve upon to uh, not only make a run here uh, as we get closer to to March when it when it matters most, but uh, also just in, in the NCAA tournament? What are, are there a few specific areas where Auburn needs to 
show some improvement. Post play, not got getting in foul trouble there. One good one and one that doesn't score. They're playing one that gets in foul trouble a lot and one that cannot score. He can block shots, run the floor, and plays extremely hard. But you've got to have scoring, and you all got to have availability in the post, I think, to, to go to postseason play. I think that would be one thing. And another thing, our guards are relatively small, and I think people are taking advantage of the size of our guards to a certain degree. They're both, they're both or three of them are, are really talented, but they're awfully small. And you take Alan Flanagan and you put him out of there and you take away, say, a small forward that could rebound a little bit better for you. So uh, I think it's size that's bothering these people more than anything. And a little bit of depth. They're not getting production off the bench at the, at the rate that I thought they might. And But it's not that they're not playing well, but uh, people people are outsizing them at the guards, and people's depth is hurting them a little bit, I think. I think the, the better players on the Auburn team might be playing too many minutes, and that's because I have to. Well, and uh... – I think this has been true for a few years since Pearl's been there. Nobody takes Auburn lightly anymore. Uh, they go no. in an arena. Somebody they want to. Uh, the other team wants to punch them in the face, and A and M in the end ended up out physicaling them. But uh, yeah. I still love watching Wendell Green. Did you just like watching him run onto the floor? He's just such oh, a colorful a, guy. Yeah, and he's a terrific player. He, he's a two-guard when he has to be one. He's a point-guard when he has to be one. Uh, he wears down because of all the things that he has to do. And uh, I think uh, he plays maybe too many minutes, but it's because I have to more than anything else. And uh, he can make the big shot. He, his his early, At one time, I used to say this and, and in, in a positive way, his best shot was a bad shot. I mean, he would take it from 30 feet or more and make it, you know. And you say, his best shot's a bad shot. But he's uh, he just made that way. And he, If he feels like he can make the shot where he is, doesn't make any difference. And he's really a team player and a great kid. I, I like everything about him. I wish I wish uh, Auburn's guards were somewhat bigger because, because some people are taking advantage of that. And the other thing they're taking advantage of is throwing the ball inside, getting us in foul trouble a lot. Sonny, given how uh, good both, uh, you know, last night notwithstanding for Auburn, uh, how good Auburn basketball is, how good Alabama basketball is, is it safe to say that we are in a golden age of basketball in the state of Alabama? Have you ever seen when both schools uh, simultaneously have had this much talent on their rosters? Yeah, when he coached. I think I think you can throw UAB in there also. I think you're looking at uh, three teams. Maybe more than that, but uh, that are extremely talented, and uh, uh, it was it was somewhat that way when Wimp and I were coaching. We both had really good teams, and uh, we like went to five or six straight NCAA's, and he went every year. Also, there, there was big times in it. Gene did the same kind of thing. 
But I think if you went through all, through all programs in the state, basketball is as good as it's ever been. Yeah, and back then when you and uh, Wimp were making it every year, so was Bartow. Um, you put a real yeah, stress yeah, on did. our uh, sports change. budget. Yeah, 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 yeah you <laughs> did. Uh, that was a that was a great era. And by the way, as you said, UAB's not bad this year. Now that they got Jelly Walker back. All right, uh, quick final question here, Sonny. Has Alabama even now maybe distanced themselves a little bit from Tennessee? I think they've distanced themselves from everybody. I think they're better than everybody. <laughs> I think wow. that the thing about it is, uh, is their depth as good as some of the others? If it is, I, don't, I see them as the best team in the league. And Tennessee's good now, but uh, I, I still think Alabama's got the best, the best overall group of talent. Based in and they, you know, they're interchangeable to a certain degree. It looks like they can they can play more than one position. And I like I like how Hardy gets them to play. And uh, they're they're very good. They're they're very good in the league. Just also very good. How hard is uh, Sonny? I'm quickly going to ask one more. How hard is it to bring young, really talented players into your program and fit them in? Well, with the transfer portal and everything, taking uh, more transfers than you do guys coming out of high school. I think it's very difficult to fit them in. I think you've got to make a decision. Am I going to transfer portal? Or am I going to go high school recruiting? Or can I combine both of them? I think it's a real question mark either way. Which which way you do it is uh, key to how you're going to be. As always, Sonny, thanks for your time. My best to your family. Next week, I'm going to get you back on, and we're going to talk about the Daytona 500, okay? All right. I can't wait myself. I hope you're the same way. Well, I know you are, actually. Yeah. So I'm look, I'll yeah, look you forward to that. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you, Sonny. Appreciate it, Coach. All right. When we get back, um, there are some. Uh, for, did, did you read what Patrick Mahomes promised to do if the Chiefs won Super Bowl 57? Um, it's kind of gross. But I'll inform you in a minute. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Everyone knows time is money, so don't wait weeks for the IRS to send out your tax refund. Go to Jackson Hewitt instead for up to $3,500 with a no interest. Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian and Lars, just going through the usual research for the show, and I ran across this story. I don't know how many of you have seen it, but uh, Patrick Mahomes appeared on, and I didn't realize until just a couple of weeks ago that Cooper Manning now had his own show. Um, many say Cooper is the funniest of the three Mannings, 
and before he had his back issues, may have been the best athlete. Can you imagine that? Uh, he was spectacular as a wide receiver. Uh, but anyway, he has this show. He had Patrick Mahomes on the show. By the way, uh, an injury note from Andy Reid. He said, Mahomes is good to go. It's not the greatest news for you if you're an Eagles fan. However, on the comical side of Patrick Mahomes this week leading into Super Bowl 56, he said, if we win the game against the Eagles, I will drink a beer out of Cooper Manning's boot. In the words of my daughter, ew! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, if, if I were in that situation uh, and, and agreed to it, I would line the boot. Or they use a new boot and you just walk through it. No big deal. But you know what I'm talking about? Maybe put uh, a bladder in it well, you and know, then drink out You know it. what they call that, Matt? They call it a shoey. And I don't know if you watch UFC or not, but uh, there's this one fighter. I can't think of his name right now. But every time he wins a match, he gets uh, somebody from the crowd to throw him a beer. He pours it in his shoe. And they, they give him a beer and their shoe. He does it out of their own shoe, not his shoes. And he, he basically just, you know, like, have you ever seen kids like shotgun beers? He basically is like shotgunning a beer out of a shoe, um, <laughs> which is really weird. I got to get his name. But speaking of shoes, I just want to give a, a shout out to my friends over at the Good Feet store. Um, you know, they've been so helpful with me. You know, playing football um, for a long time has you know, brought so many aches and pains. And uh, they offer these custom arch supports, and they've been exceptional for me in alleviating some of that pain. But even better, they have first-class customer service. When you go in there, they take good care of you. They sit you down while they're getting your measurements and, and sizing your feet up. They, they have massagers for your feet. Um, so respectful. They'll call and check in and see how um, the, the arch supports are doing for you. Um, overall, just a, a tremendous experience. And uh, even so right now, you know, the Good Feet store, which is located in Midtown Village, they're giving away a free pair of premium shoes with a qualified purchase, which is a $140 value. So if you're interested in going and getting your feet sized up, you don't even have to get anything today. If you're just interested, you have that back pain, that hip pain, that knee pain, Go in there, let them size you up, let them show you what they do. I promise you, you'll be satisfied with the service and their product. And that's the Good Feet store over in Midtown Village. Um, you can find them here in Tuscaloosa. Great people, great service, uh, great friends of mine. All right, I would shoot a, a beer out of one of theirs. All right. <laughs> Have you ever been to Two Boots Pizza in uh, Manhattan? No. Okay, well, they have boots there. Uh, they're glass. Yeah, and then they've they, they, so. they, yeah, and then also it seems to be like a German thing too, if I remember correctly. Uh, when I was uh, over in Germany doing uh, NFL Europe stuff, that uh, they would pass like the boot around, right? Yeah, and and you would like uh, it was a test of your manhood if you could be the one to actually finish the boot off. And it's like you know, it's uh, like eight beers in that thing, and you would have, and I, of course, I would be, you know, sitting next to these three hundred and twenty pound offensive linemen. Uh, just, um, yeah, I was, uh, that was not not. Was uh, it the the really rich, thick German? Beer? It was it was it was the real oh, McCoy, oh. like uh, you know, ten percent alcohol. That would that would lead stuff. to an episode in the in the bathroom. 
if you drink. <laughs> yes. I mean, um, that their beer is so much different from ours, and even the the ones we get as an import, the ones that they brew right there in the bar. Yeah, so tasty, but so rich and thick. Yeah, you know they pour them, and you wait like two, three minutes for the head to settle in. I mean, they, there's a real art to it. So, um, yeah. But out of somebody's used shoe, I don't believe I'm going there. Uh, although, um, if somebody made the the proper incentive, I might. So, if Andy Reid wins this game. And he gets his uh, what? It'll be his third Super Bowl because he, he did one. He won with the Eagles, right? Or no? I, I'm sorry, he didn't win that. They they, they lost with yes. Donovan McNabb and and uh, and, and To when To played with uh, Terrell Owens played with the broken leg. Um, but th- th- now that they have been, thanks for giving him two. They, but he's he's at, he's won one, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, if he gets his second Super Bowl win, do we start talking about Andy Reid and and the fact that he's been to five straight conference AFC conference championships with with Mahomes, right? That 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 helps. But do we start talking about him in the same breath as Bill Walsh, Chuck Knoll, um, Bill Don Belichick. Shula, Bill Belichick? I he's mean, in a he's in it, kind of a is, category on his own. Is, <laughs> but th- the thing is, Andy Reid is—he's he, got Mahomes for a few more years, and a, and a lot of people have pointed out when uh, over over uh, uh, the, the, at least the Twitter feeds that I follow that you know once you pay your quarterback what they are paying Mahomes, the key to your sustainability uh, at, at uh, an elite level is the draft and the chiefs have really done a good job of drafting and that comes to andrew reed and the in the scouting department and and uh everything that they've done i mean the the running back they found i i forget his name but in, in like the sixth round who's just absolutely been tearing it up this year um is incredible but um, I, I don't know, Christian, what, what are your thoughts on, on Andy Reid and, and what this game could mean to his place in, in NFL history? Well, I think he's a phenomenal football coach. I mean, he's one of the greatest offensive minds in the game. Um, his ability to just draw up plays week in and week out, put his guys in position to make plays, uh, you know, really utilize their skill set. I think he's uh, one of the best to do it. And uh, we see that, you know, like you just alluded to, you know, he's he's always in the conference championship. He's always putting his team in position to at least compete uh, in the playoffs and have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, um, let alone go and win one. So I, I think very highly of Andy Reid. I think he is uh, in that upper echelon of these uh, coaches in, in the game of football. And uh, I think if he were to go out there and win another Super Bowl um, this weekend against the Eagles, I really feel that, you know, you really have to start um, giving him a little more respect. I know he gets a lot of respect, but you have to kind of bump him up in the ranks. Now, obviously, I don't think he's quite, you know, at the Bill Belichick level just yet, but um, he's probably not far behind if he can continue the success. And you just uh, put it perfectly. You know, they got their quarterback. They got their franchise guy. Um, the, the, the next thing you have to do is just continue to be able to draft and put guys in place around him uh, to help him succeed. And they've been able to do that. Uh, Isaiah uh, Pacheco, uh, Pacheco, I think is his name is. 
Uh, yeah, that's who back. I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah I mean, yeah. phenomenal yep. guy. They found seventh round pick, two hundred fifty-one. I mean, he was dang near one of the last guys drafted. And, and look at the season he's had. You know, eight hundred thirty yards, five touchdowns. Um, so if you have a great quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and you have the ability to scout guys and get good talent in there, because obviously when you're winning, you're going to have the later picks in the draft. You're not going to be able to get those top tier guys early on. But if you have the, the right scouts to, to help you get guys that can play and, and get, go out and get guys in free agency, um, that's how you sustain success. And that's exactly what the Chiefs have been able to do. So the Chiefs, they have uh, they signed Patrick Mahomes to a ten-year, four hundred and fifty million dollar contract, and they gave him part of the team. Or no, he bought part of the team. Or is that the Royals? Both, you, I think uh, both. Hey, well, I don't, he, he owns yeah, several, I think it's both. and the soccer club there as well. What what I uh, heard from uh, I talked to I've got a buddy who's an agent yesterday, and of course everything goes back to Joe Burrow. Uh, they're they're talking ten years, five hundred and five hundred and ten million for Joe. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He better get his uh, stake it's in Mahomes the Bengals money. too. Yeah, it is. He needs to make sure he <laughs> yeah, gets a stake exactly. in the Bengals. Um. Yeah. You know, I just realized why I've always liked Andy Reid. He started with the Packers. It's twelve forty three. Oh, uh, when we get back, another very interesting story Wait, about that, isn't another. That, isn't that staff that they had when Andy yeah. Reid? It was uh, unbelievable. Like Mike Holmgren. Yeah. Uh, um, they won a Super Bowl. Uh, and then, listen to this with the Eagles. Nine playoff runs, six division titles, five NFC games. This is with the Eagles and an appearance in a Super Bowl. We'll be right back. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Thanks for coming to the town square. First, I'd like to tell you about Steve. He's a plumber. I hear he does good work. Also, Tim. Tonight, rain moving in after midnight. Maybe a few thunderstorms as well, the low 60. Tomorrow, rain tapers off during the morning, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, just a couple of other notes. Um, did you see how Aaron Rodgers was going to relax? I love this. He's I love going, this. Have he's you heard Christian? To, he's, he's going yeah. to a darkness it, retreat. This actually sounds like a Christian Miller kind of thing. Have you Has lost Christian your mind? Miller been on a dark? <laughs> Dude, I like to hunt. And you lost your damn mind. I don't it's like yeah. to sit in no darkness. <laughs> I see, I, what? No, no, and I'm not gonna lie. When I read it, when I read it, I kind of was like, you know what? I don't know if I can defend that one. You know, look again. I'm not judgmental, and maybe you know he. Look, I, I commend anybody that can sit with themselves with absolutely no distractions for over a couple hours. You know, I've, I've tried meditating stuff, and it's not the easiest thing in the world. But four days in complete darkness. I mean. That seems a little excessive, but to each his own. He, he claims he thinks he'll have an answer when he comes back um, on his you know, playing career. I think, I think he's looking for a lot more answers other than if he's going to play or not. Um, hopefully he finds that. 
but yeah, this one's hard for me to kind of defend on. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say about this one, guys. He, he let me down right after I was just defending him. He can't, it, it comes out with this, but man. I, I, I love uh, we're, we're going to need to get some audio of this uh, maybe next hour. But uh, yeah, I mean, he said he's going to be immersed in total darkness for four days and nights by himself in a room for an experience that can produce hallucinations similar to uh, that drug uh, he took. Yeah, uh, DMT. Can, uh, and uh, and he said, uh, and this is on the the McAfee show, and 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 th- I love how McAfee and uh, <laughs> God, who, who's a uh, former Ohio State linebacker that does it with him? Um, um oh, uh, uh, AJ Hampton, no, AJ Hawk, yeah. Um, I, I love how. These guys are actually really good interviewers, and, and I and I've told my students, hey, watch the McAfee show. Pat McAfee, he gets stuff out of people that most people don't because he will hear something. Unlike unlike a lot of reporters, like McAfee, like really listens, and he'll hear something and then he'll dig deeper and dig deeper and dig deeper, and um, and uh, you know ultimately he got this out of Aaron and he's just like yeah you're you're sitting in a room they they you know they slide some uh, you know, food through a, <laughs> a, a a little I don't know slit. does he have a little refrigerator uh, in there? And, does he have and, a toilet and, and all it is yeah there is a toilet apparently um, and you just sit in isolation you meditate and you deal with your thoughts. For four you know, it would be a real struggle days. for me to sit anywhere and deal with Aaron oh, Rodgers' thoughts. Man, no, um, it, it's really. Uh, well, it, it, do you guys watch Yellowstone? It, I think there's, you know, something. You know, I think yeah. it's more like a Native American ritual. But uh, what's his name? The, the son. He went and kind of did something uh, like this. Uh, Casey. K- Casey. Casey went and kind of, yeah. you know, they he sat outside, you know, by himself for several days. And I, I feel like this is kind of similar. Um, so I, I don't know where this actually uh, stems from, but. Uh. Um, yeah, I just, man, I don't know. But, you know, Lars, I will say about Pat McAfee, I think the reason he's so good at what he does is because, number one, he's relatable. You know, he's a former player himself, so guys feel more comfortable going on there. They don't necessarily feel like he's an enemy, you know, because once guys kind of, and I'm saying this from an athlete's perspective, sometimes you kind of develop this perspective that the media is the enemy, right? And I think that's kind of what Aaron Rodgers has developed because, they're so quick to write these stories about him and, and, and just be so critical of him and just kind of tear him down, so to speak. So he kind of labels them as enemies, but you got a guy like Pat who technically is the media now, but he's also a former player who understands, um, you know, what it's like to be a player. And he's just also a very authentic guy. I mean, uh, I know Matt, you're not a big fan of the F word, but Pat McAfee says whatever he wants on there. I mean, he, he cusses, he says all yeah. type of wild things. I mean, it makes it just makes it feel like a, a very natural environment, almost like those guys are in the locker room. At least that's what I get when I watch those interviews with Pat McAfee, because I'm going to be honest with you guys, that's how the locker room sounds. There's all type of words, stories, you name it. And I think that's kind of what makes guys feel comfortable in that environment because it's just what they're used to. You know, uh, several years ago, I went out to Indy to do a story on Andrew Luck, who also is just an absolutely fascinating guy. Fascinating guy. Uh, Went to uh, Colts practice. The Colts were so awesome. They treat the media very well. 
And um, it was like it was one of those periods of practice where the quarterbacks weren't doing anything, and so Andrew uh, jogged over to hang out with uh, Vinatieri and McAfee, who's the punter. And McAfee, holy cow, that guy could just destroy a ball. I mean, and, and, and so and so Andrew Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck, he uh, he decides like I'm gonna try to you know catch these. Uh, next hour, we're gonna take huge number of phone calls, so stay with us. Psoriasis. Poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy. Now they're Sky Rizzy. Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin. That's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. As a Walgreens pharmacist, I talk with people all the time about little tips and tricks for filling their Medicare prescriptions, like taking advantage of Walgreens 90-day refills to save them. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Thank you. As we begin our second hour, we're going to line up some phone calls. If you'd like to jump in, talk about the Super Bowl, make your prediction and why. But there are a plethora of other topics that you can dive in. Just select one. The number is 205-342-9904, and that is for our affiliates in the Anderson-Gadsden area, Tuscaloosa, and right here in Birmingham. Again, it is 205-342-9904. Leading the headlines last night out of Los Angeles, it was LeBron James scoring 38. He needed 36. Um, and now holds the record for the most points scored in the NBA, the history of the NBA, with 38,390. Uh, we talked about it extensively in the first hour. Your thoughts on that are good. Uh, the Super Bowl, I mean, what is it? Wednesday, Thursday? I mean, it's Sunday at 530. Um, we can talk about that because um, I, I think it's uh, – I think it's the Eagles there for taking. And I was watching some video last night of how the Eagles run the football. And passing uh, is, uh, uh, let's see, more than adequate. It's not Patrick Mahomes. But the way the offensive line destroys defensive lines made me even more certain that the Eagles are going to win this football game. I hadn't done a deep dive with you, Christian. Uh, I think you lean Kansas City's way, but uh, does uh, doesn't the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line speak volumes in many games? 
It does, Matt. You know, their offensive line is superior. They're they're an elite unit, one of the best, if not the best in the NFL. You know, me and my dad actually talked about this on our podcast, Miller's Edge, you can catch it on YouTube. And he actually made a great point uh, talking about the Eagles in their running game. And he was saying if they want a chance to win this football game, they're going to have to run the ball effectively because uh, not only is that going to set up their pass game, but it allows them to chew the clock and control the clock. You're keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And we know what he can do when he has the football in his hands. So I think it's going to be critical that the Eagles, uh, you know, go to their run game, you know, early on, get it going. Because um, if not, I think they're going to be in trouble. You know, I know that obviously they can throw the football effectively as well. You know, they got, you got A.J. Brown, and, uh, Devontae Smith, and, uh, you know, the chemistry between those two guys and Jalen is remarkable. But uh, I really feel that, you know, it's just hard to go against a guy like Pat Mahomes. You know, he has experience in these big games. I know Jalen, um, you know, is never flustered under pressure. He hasn't played in the Super Bowl, but he's played in a number of big games in college, and uh, he, his poise and confidence is unmatched. I get that, but there's just something about going against a team uh, like the Chiefs, who has several guys who've been in this game um, and, and several times. And um, it, I think what we were saying was, look, I think it's going to be one of the best games uh, in, in recent years. They're going to go back and forth. You know, you got Pat Mahomes, who's basically a magician, right? You know, he, he can just make things happen out of nothing. The ankle's not so much of a concern anymore, so we're going to see a healthy Pat Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, who's dealing with, I think, a back issue, uh, should be healthy. Um, you know, I think the receiving core is a little beat up. Maybe uh, Kadarius Tony was a little banged up. Uh, I don't know what his status is, but it's just hard to go against the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. And then you look at the defensive side for the Chiefs. Chris Jones, that uh, defensive tackle for them, uh, it's phenomenal. Um, is it, it, besides Aaron Donald? Your, your he, dad called it. Your dad called it too in yeah, the AFC Championship. He called game. it. And the guys like Chris Jones and and uh, Frank Clark, man, they are difference makers on that defensive line. So it, it's it, you know I, I, it's hard to, to pick a wet you know because then you look at the Eagles' defense and their front. You know they got guys like Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox up front. Then on the back end they got James Bradbury, former teammate of mine, Darius Slay, two of the best corners. Right now, I think it's going to be one of the better Super Bowls we've seen in recent years. And to answer your question, Matt, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, Jalen and the Eagles can pull it off because I got a lot of teammates on the Eagles. Um, I think it would be a phenomenal story to see Jalen, you know, from all the adversity, from the success that he had early on in his career at Alabama to the adversity, you know, being pulled in a, in a big championship game, um, being replaced by Tua, the, the, you know, the support that he offered in that moment the maturity that he he displayed then you know the whole storybook ending in the sec championship the following year to come in to replace tua and lead us to that win and then you know to to you know basically be doubted as a passer now he's one of the best passers in the nfl playing in the super bowl i think it'd be a phenomenal story but it's just hard for me to go against a guy like patrick mahomes after seeing what he is capable of doing on a football field yeah, and, and to Matt's point, um, Pro Football Focus, who I r really trust. Uh, okay, before I get into that, uh, about their assessment of the Eagles' offensive line, Christian, I, I, I'm assuming you're familiar with Pro Football Focus. Do you agree with their grading system for the most part? All right, so here's the thing, Lars. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not a big fan of these services only because now they, they gave me some great uh grades and in, in terms of my pass rush win rate and all these things i don't know how they came up with it uh, so to speak but 
I appreciate him for that when I was coming out uh, you know, for the draft. <laughs> but I, I'm just a little skeptical probably sometimes. Made you some money. Yeah, it probably helped out <laughs> yeah. a little bit. I mean, but I, it, it showed, you know, because there's sometimes stats that aren't going to show up on paper. Like sometimes people get caught up, oh, they look at just sacks. But there's realistically, you know, you know your, your win rate, certain situations, you know, the, if you're, you're winning when you have your one-on-ones, they somehow can come up with that stuff. But I'm sometimes skeptical because I'm, I'm curious to know how are they doing these grades? Like without knowing the specific play call, like how do they know what yeah. the guy's responsibility was? You see what I'm saying? Like how do you give a guy a negative on a play if you don't know what his true responsibility was? You could think that he lost the edge and lost contain, but he might have had a pirate stunt. He might have had what we used to call a jimmy where you, you strike the, the blocker, you initially show that you have uh, edge support, but then you, you cross it at the last second and take the B-gap and the inside linebacker replaces you. How do they know about those things? They can't without literally being in the defensive meeting room and knowing the call that the coordinator made and knowing that guy's specific responsibility, there's no way. So in my opinion, I'm a little skeptical sometimes, but I, I respect what they do. I think it, it is a great thing for fans to look at, and there is some truth to it, I, I believe. But at the same time, without them having the full details of the call, the player's responsibility, what exactly was going on in the field in that moment, I just don't know how accurate it can be. Yeah, uh, I agree with you 100% that, uh, look, uh, if, if the left tackle is, is, is uh, supposed to do one thing and he doesn't hear from the center that uh, the uh, his responsibility has changed on that play, I mean, and, and then the left tackle uh, surrenders uh, or the guy who is lined up against him surrenders the sack, is that really the left tackle's fault? You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Right. But all, all that being the case, so Pro Football Focus, um, they have rated the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line as the number one offensive line starting from week one to right now. Uh, they believe that in Super Bowl 57 that the Eagles offensive line is the best overall unit in the entire Super Bowl. And, uh, and, and I know we don't really w- want to get down into the nitty-gritty of this, but you just go position by position here. Left tackle for the Eagles is uh, Jordan Maialata. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, they rank him f- uh, fifth out of 45 left tackles in the league. Uh, left guard, Landon Dickerson, former Bama guy. They rank him sixth out of 45 left guards in the league. Jason Kelsey, the center. They rank him second out of 42nd out of 42. Uh, centers in the league. Right guard, Isaac uh, uh, Samalo, they rank him 8th out of 49. And right tackle, Lane Johnson, who's probably their best player uh, on the offensive line. He might even be the best player on that entire team, frankly. Uh, He's uh, 2nd out of 49 right tackles in the league. And even though Lane Johnson had been dealing with an injury um, in the NFC Championship, man, he was going against Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, who is one bad dude. And uh, and Lane Johnson gave up an early bull rush against him, uh, but he only allowed one more pressure over the rest of the game. And according to Pro Football Focus, 
Lane Johnson only gave up 11 hurries over 17 games this season. And sometimes I think we make, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Christian, sometimes you know people like me who never played the game, and it, certainly at your level, we, 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 we make it more complicated than it is. It's really just like, who is stronger at the point of attack? Is it the offensive line or is it the defensive line? And, man, I I think the the Eagles have a – I think they're going to have an advantage when it's offense against defense. I know that we've been talking about Chris Jones and – and and there's some other very Frank special Clark, players on that key. defensive end. Frank, Frank Clark, yeah, Frank Clark, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, so that, that to me, that that is almost the most intriguing matchup of the entire game. Is is who wins that? Is it going to be the Kansas City defensive line or the Eagles offensive line, Christian? Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Lars, and that's what we were saying, that, that the line of scrimmage battle is going to be the point of emphasis in this game, in my opinion, because, again, Chris Jones and, and Frank Clark versus you know Fletcher Cox and uh, the, the guys at uh, Hargrave, who's a phenomenal D-tackle as well. I think they even have uh, Sue, uh, Big Sue, who's been in the league forever. Yeah, they do have Sue. I mean, yeah, and they, they went and got Sue and another guy during, you know, partly through the year because they're having an issue stopping the run at one point. They go and, and bolster their line with, you know, you know, two veterans on the defensive line. Um, but then if you if you watched Hassan Reddick against uh, the 49ers, he was the one that was just, you know, flying off the edge. And this is why I love that defense. You know, they, they align him in a wide nine technique. He's outside of all the tight ends. And anytime I know that's part of the 49ers playbook. That's how they, you know, they do those you know, big stretch plays, those play action plays that kind of take time to develop. If you're putting a tight end responsible to, to block a, an all pro uh, outside linebacker, one of the best pass rushers in the league, he's going to win that matchup every time. And he was terrorizing the 49ers. He unfortunately was the one that hit Brock Purdy, which led him to tear his uh, that, that ligament in his elbow. But I, I agree with you, Lars, that that Eagles defensive front versus. Uh, the Chiefs' offense line is something to watch for, and vice versa. Um, you know they they have two All Pros in in Kelsey and uh, Lane Johnson, and then um, uh, also a Pro Bowler with um, uh, I'm drawing a blank right here. Uh, well, Landon Dickerson, sorry. So it, it's one of those yeah. things that, that that front seven matchup I think is going to be the, the key to this game. Who who can dominate the line of scrimmage? Who can get the most pressure on the quarterback? And who can stop the run? I, I want to ask you really quick before we go to break about uh, Indomica Sue, right? Uh, I, I love the guy. He's from Nebraska. Sorry, had to say it. Um, I think when his senior year at Nebraska, he was arguably the best defensive player I've ever seen in college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the Big 12 defensive player of the year. But just look at what he's done in the NFL. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. He's been a, th- a three-time first time, a three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, five Pro Bowls on the uh, All-Decade team of the 2010s. He's got a Super Bowl victory with the Buccaneers, and now there's people on social media debating whether or not. Sue has to win this, be or the Eagles and Sue have to win this game for Sue to get into the Hall of Fame. I think Sue is already a Hall of Fame player. 
Christian, your thoughts? I agree. I mean, you listed all his accolades and accomplishments. I, I think he's done enough. If anything, I think the only thing that might hinder him is, <laughs> you know, some of those issues. You know, he's kind of known as a dirty player. Uh, he tends to get himself in some trouble by doing some questionable things. So maybe that might hinder him a little bit. But in terms of what he's accomplished on the football field, I think he's more than deserving. What's crazy is that off the field, he is the nicest guy. And he is, he is given more money to the University of Nebraska than any former player in the history of the program. Wow. Well, that's very interesting. <clears throat> Unfortunately, what Christian brought up there at the very end kind of way I remember him. Shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, shouldn't be, but, I mean, it, there were multiple occasions. He's, he's a bad dude, yeah, man, on the field. <laughs> well, so was Christian, and, and he's a very nice guy off the field. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. I, I, I got another quarterback story. What in the heck is an entourage tent? Have you heard that? No. Nope. You can go find out in a minute. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better? Windy tonight, rain moving in after midnight, maybe a few thunderstorms as well, below 60. Tomorrow, rain tapers off during the morning, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. I believe it was maybe Monday this week that Lars brought up the conversation between um, Sean Payton and the media when asked about the special, in my opinion, unheard of privileges he was allowed. Will you run through those? And, and then I want to tell you about something I didn't know about until this morning. Yeah, that Russell Wilson was allowed under the previous coaching regime there in um, Denver that, you know, um, had his own private office. And uh, it, Christian sort of, uh, you know, gave some details on that. And that also Russell's own private coach, who was not affiliated with the team, was allowed inside the facility uh, whenever he wanted to be there or when he was at Russell's beck and call. And um, I just never heard anything like that before, uh, Christian. And um, uh, I don't think that one Russell any, uh, you know, uh, uh, favor. F- favor or any friends in the locker room when he is getting such special treatment. I agree. But here is another part I have not heard. And I found it earlier in an article written by a national writer, and now I can't find that, so I wish I could give this guy credit. But I will just kind of tell you in a nutshell what he experienced by when being at a Broncos practice, okay? There was a tent that was set up, and he, through his observation, he thought, <clears throat> maybe this is a place where media can kind of 
get out of the sun, refresh themselves. And um, he wasn't there very long before someone approached him and said, this quote I do remember, are you a part of the Russell Wilson entourage? (laughs) And he said no, and he was asked to move. So during practices, he had his own special tent where his entourage could sit. I've Christian, have you ever heard anything like that in your life? Um, not, I mean, maybe similar stuff, but not not quite. No. Um, be a good question for your dad, who I hope we can get on later this week and talk about the uh, the NFL. But you mean like so, uh, yeah, training so Wilson, camp? Or he, what, what, when was this? It was during a practice, uh, and and I can't, like I said, and I I fumbled here. I can't find the original article. I'll continue to look for it. He also, you know, during training camp, they allow like a lot of fans to come out, and afterwards, like you know, some families will come on the field and they'll get you know, you know, walk out there, take pictures with you know their their spouses and their kids and and whatnot. I've seen stuff like that, Um, and I know sometimes like they'll invite people to practices and kind of have tent set up that you know they can kind of be in and watch so i mean maybe if it was something like that but if you're saying i i I don't know exactly if it's the same thing as that yeah uh look nathaniel hackett he uh the the previous head coach he gave russell wilson massive special treatment um so wilson's personal performance team, I guess as he called them, was made up of trainers, physical therapists, uh, uh, a a throwing coach, and they had full access to the Broncos facility during the 2022 season. Um, He also, as we'd mentioned, he had his own office. He had his own parking spot. Believe it or not, parking spots. (laughs) Okay, Christian, Tell me if this is true or not, but parking spots are a big deal in the NFL among players. At least that was my experience when I sort of was embedded with the Arizona Cardinals back in the, I don't know, 2019 season or something. Uh, They can be. I know um, Coach Rule used them as like something you could earn. Right. So if a guy was doing well during our offseason program and or not necessarily doing well, but attending all the off-season workouts because those are voluntary uh, other than mandatory camp, mini camp. Um, he would award guys with their own personal parking spaces. Now, uh, I've never heard of that elsewhere. I think that was kind of more of like a college mindset thing that he kind of brought along, you know, kind of earning things with incentives. But, that, yeah, so, I mean, and the guys appreciated that because, you know, you have the best parking spots and could easily, you know, get to the building. No, nobody wants to, after a long practice, you don't want to walk miles away to your car. So it's kind of nice to have one of those front row spots, but yeah, I guess guys do appreciate them. Yeah. And I, I do remember, Oh man, this was back in 2016 that a practice squad player for the Cardinals. Um, and this, this is when they were filming, I believe, yeah, all or nothing. It was a Amazon and NFL and NFL film series. And it featured the 2015 Arizona Cardinals and, uh, Bruce Arians in the third, 
in the third episode, uh, he told General, he told uh, Steve Kime, uh, the GM, he's like, hey, somebody parked in the wrong spot. They weren't any parking spots, so he just parked and came running in, and tough blank, bro. And then Arians went on, as, like, he went to a team meeting, and he's like, who the blankety blank parked in my spot? Who parked in my spot? And uh, it was this poor chap named uh, defense. It was uh, Lawrence Okoye, uh, a defensive lineman, uh, and he was cut shortly thereafter. Well, there you go. Don't park in places are big time. Don't park in BA spot, man. <laughs> I remember reading this story when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State, and he went in during the off season. The football complex parking lot was empty except for one car, and it happened to have taken his slot. Keep in mind what I just said. The parking lot was empty, but somebody, might have been that guy, I don't know, (laughs) parked in Urban Meyer's slot. You know what he did? What Urban Meyer did? Have you ever seen this picture? No. He took his Land Rover and parked it right on the bumper of this vehicle, couldn't get out. <laughs> what a you-know-what. Well, he wanted to catch the culprit. Well, I would have backed into it and shoved his uh, Land Rover hey, in man, someplace. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it just, there was it, no it, one else in the parking it, lot. It's, it seems trivial, very much so. But uh, but it's uh, not. Apparently, coaches take that very seriously. All right, uh, Christian. I have got some answers, if my computer will unfreeze, um, to your questions. It it was indeed, it was a two-team preseason practice. Mm. And uh, so, uh, to, which it makes good to your point that that's allowed, right? For, for some family. He had his family under there. Yeah. But when approached, uh, Mike Fisher is the guy. Have you ever heard of him, Lawrence? Mike the writer, no, yeah. no. I thought it was going to be Jeff Leopold. He knew, no. he knew, he knew something was up when they said, "Are you with Mister Russell Wilson?" He goes, "Because a quarterback, you know, not that they're not deserving, uh, but who, who? You ever called a quarterback Mister? No." Did you say Mr. Brady may have a moment of your time? The only person I've ever called Mr. or Mrs. in the whole sporting universe is Miss Terry. And But that's what everybody calls. Yeah. I don't think everybody at this camp was calling him Mr. Russell Wilson. But anyway. I don't even have my students call me Mr. Anderson. I'm Lars. No, you. I've been there. They call you boss man. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Just Lars. Uh, Just Lars. <laughs> uh, no, you have a great rapport with your students. That's because you look like them. <laughs> but um, pop. I, w- I will or say H-Bro. real quick, though, I don't think, uh, you know, Russell Wilson had any bad intentions with uh, the personnel that he brought along. You know, again, I, I think he's a very uh, honest and, and, and uh, he guy, and he means well with anything that he does. I, I think some people just feel comfortable with their own people, right? Especially athletes. I know a lot of athletes that have um, certain rituals they do. They only work with certain people um, just because they try to sustain that success any way that they can. 
And sometimes they have a very strict regiment. And, you know, if they have the, the means to do that, to hire, you know, personal coaches for individual categories. Um, uh, again, I, I, I go back to Christian McCaffrey, who had, you know, his own personal ma- ma- masseuse, his personal chef, um, probably a personal trainer as well. They didn't have the access to the building, so to speak, but they were very much hands-on and involved with him in a lot of ways. And so I kind of just compare it to something like that. And I I don't think – I think they can find a good middle ground, right, where he can still keep his staff and they have some access during certain hours, but maybe not full-time access to the building, right? Uh, I agree with you. Um, And as a matter of fact, uh, hey, if the Broncos let him do it, they let him do it. Exactly. You know, it's not like Russell was demanding anything to, to, from what I've read in this story. So, anyway. Um, Sounds like David Carr is visiting the Saints today, by the way. I can see that. Um, I'm interesting. Yeah. What does that mean for Jameis? I don't know. You think Jameis has got some gas left in that time? Oh, yeah. When we get back, Let's see, uh, a couple of more Super Bowl trivia notes. How about that? From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Action Matters is responsible for the content of this ad. Attention all women who use Tylenol or other medications containing acetaminophen, including NyQuil or DayQuil, while pregnant. If you are... Welcome back to Big Noon Sports here. Appreciate everybody dialing us up uh, via the radio, via our website, which is bignoonsports.com. And we also have a Twitter, at Big Noon Sports. So you can contact us there, or you can just give us a phone call um, at 205-342-9904. Going into the last break, talking about... um, other Super Bowl notables. The first Super Bowl, 30-second ad, cost 40 k That was a sizable amount of money then, but now it's over $5 million for a 30-second spot. Now, that's television inflation. <laughs> um, Do what, you have a favorite Super Bowl ad of all time? Um... Uh, you know, uh, I'll go very generational on you. Some of the Budweiser Clydesdale commercials, uh, just rock. Yeah. Um, literally bring a tear to an old man's eye. Kristen, do you pay attention to the commercials? And if so, have you got one immediately pops to mind? Yeah, I watch them. I feel like they've gotten less funny over the years. And I don't know if it's because nowadays you can't step too. on I any toes too. or offend anybody. Maybe that's part of it. But I just feel like they're not uh, as comical as they used to be. But I I don't have necessarily a favorite one. But I do remember one that stood out was uh, that kid. I just remember he was like, don't touch my mama and don't touch my Doritos. And I I, just, I don't know why. It just 
it was just funny at the time, and it just it just stuck with me. But yeah, I used to think that one was a good one. I've always thought Doritos brings their A game. They've had several yeah. commercials that caught my eye. What about you, Lars Anderson? Well, showing my age a little bit, uh, the world met the Apple Macintosh computer during the third quarter of Super Bowl. I don't know XV one 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 when was that uh, the very uh, when, when the Raiders uh, were on their way to defeating the Redskins or sorry they're now the Commanders in 1984, and that's when the, that one minute ad it opened on uh, the dystopian vision of technology and the future from George Orwell's 1949 yeah. novel uh, 1984. And it showed these uh, gray-suited drones walking through a tunnel as an unseen voice uh, louds the, uh, um, the, the glorious anniversary of the information purification directives. And, and, and really, I mean, that commercial is what launched the Apple computer. I mean, it, it. I mean, just historically, I think that is the most important ad in Super Bowl history. With its impact on many platforms, I would agree. But the first time I watched it, I went, "That's just creepy." <laughs> yeah. Um, because it was sharp, very dark, you know, in the clones and all that. But you know what? Number one, and you will remember this. Matt and I hope you've seen it, uh, Christian. Is the hey kid catch Mean Joe Green have a Coke and he throws the jersey that now, ac- that actually appeared in the Super Bowl. I didn't uh, know. I thought it had already in, been running in, in 1980. Yeah, it, it aired in 1980, and uh, you, you know exactly what I'm talking hey, about. Hey, Mean right? Joe, go ahead. You can have it. Oh, it's just. <laughs> Maybe the best commercial in my life. Yeah. Um, and he drains the Coke, throws him his jersey. How about, uh, where's the beef? Oh, <laughs> did Wendy's wear the beef? <laughs> that was a, yep. That was a Super Bowl commercial. That might be the best. Uh, uh, it was funny, but I'm, I'm going to go to Mean Joe because that one just, it hit, yeah. it hit everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the Mean Joe commercial we're talking about, Christian? You might not have. Uh, I, I, not off the top of my head. I don't. I, mean, I might have seen it, but I'm not too familiar with it from what y'all have said so far. It put this little kid, and it really, man, did it ever elevate the popularity of Mean Joe Green? Here, it is. here we go. Mr. Green. Yeah. You, you need any help? Hmm. I just want you to know, I think, I think you're the best ever. Yeah, sure. Want my Coke? It's okay, you can have it. No, no. Really, you can have it. Okay. Brings a smile to my face. Yeah. Just hearing that. Just and, and, mean Joe, and Mean Joe tosses his jersey to the kid. And his amazed face. Well, made it. It's going to come up here in a minute. Let's listen. Thanks, Mean Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Mean Joe. Wow. What an iconic moment. 
Um, and by the way, it was true. <laughs> I don't know that. But uh, anyway, all right, here's another one. What team has appeared, lost, and won the most Super Bowls? It's appeared, pretty... lost, and won. The Patriots? Yeah. Pretty easy one. Yeah. The average viewership, and I am positive they are including Europe and South America in these numbers, uh, is 111.4 million. Hmm. Now, if that's in the United States only, that means one of three people walking around or watching it. That's a very, very large number. But What is the population in the United States now? Uh, 340, something like that. Wow, I remember uh, when it was just like <laughs> 200. I remember when Alabama was like not even 2 million, and now it's close to 5. Snowbirds. <laughs> yeah, it's population in the United States and on 2023, on January 1, 2023, was 334 million. I'll take that. Um, okay. Uh, Elon, Elon Musk seems to think that population decrease is the greatest threat to humanity. And uh, whatever you think about Elon Musk, the guy's really smart. Uh, yeah, he is. Really smart. Really smart. And uh, um, it's worthy of uh, taking note. But he's not above appearing in the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Did you know that? He was in one of their episodes. Um, I was right. really hoping when he bought Twitter that Twitter was just going to implode and like disappear. It would have made my life so much easier and <laughs> not have to deal with all the nonsense of Twitter. But, yeah, uh, but I think it was this past weekend that you had a very, very cute post about your two girls, and I liked that. So yeah. Maybe if you, you stick to that. And instead of wearing your big red jersey all over Twitter, and I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You no, I, I I need to post pictures of uh of my cute girls, my my puppy, uh, some kittens, and then I'll get a really big Twitter following. Uh, by the way, Henry is on acid. Just want to let you know, <laughs> Henry is our cat. Whoa. He's uh, he's he owns the world, by the way. Hey, I got, I got, uh, I got to head out of town tomorrow, and I was gonna say, hey, can you take care of my dog Charlotte? But then I remembered your cat, and I'm like, uh oh, I bring they, they would over, fight like cats would... and dogs. <laughs> Aren't you funny? <laughs> um, all right. Um, I probably still have a few things left on my plate here. Maybe we'll jump into Mexico and Kyle Bush. I don't know, but we will conclude this edition of the Big Noon Sports in a moment. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better? Windy tonight, rain moving in after midnight, maybe a few thunderstorms as well, below 60. Tomorrow, rain tapers off during the morning, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. So brighten the mood with a new walk-in shower from Durante Bath & Showers. An easy access walk-in shower.
Back on Big Noon Sports as we wrap things up. One other story that I did not get to um, is Gronk. Uh, has he become like one of the... Uh, he's not in Barkley territory, but he's starting to do a lot of ads like Shaq. Uh, very popular, very likable guy. I think everybody would like to go have a beer with him. Unless you don't drink, then you have coffee. I think he'd be entertaining on any level. So, and uh, Christian, maybe you and Lars can fill in a little of the details here. But in the Super Bowl, <coughs> pardon me, are you supposed to try and attempt a 25-yard field goal? Is that what you guys understand? Uh, which is odd um, because others have challenged him. Jerry Jones said, if you make it, please call me. That, is that funny? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, because it's... isn't that the, kind of the length of a, an extra point that this Maher left, missed, <laughs> whatever? I'm getting the sense that neither he did, one of he y'all. Did, he did in his NBA career. He made 8,435 field goals. Um, <laughs> Shots. Uh, so... I get the feeling maybe little, little, one of y'all little double entendre there. Yeah, yeah sorry, it, it, that uh, it's been off my radar. Um, Christian, have you seen that story? Uh, no. Okay. All right, way to go, Matt. Um, <laughs> all right, let's 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 uh, let's just kind of narrow this down. Um, Christian Lars, do you think if you were given maybe a you know a, a week to practice that you could make a twenty-five yard field goal? I don't You're a soccer I guy. I, need a week. He, I was about to say, I, I know I can. You could do it if we just went over there and set up shop in a local high school field and you just nail it. Let me go grab my cleats. I'll show you better I can tell you. Yeah. Well, you did play a lot of soccer, and there's a lot of kicking in that game. That's Didn't right. you say that you, uh, that you kicked in high school, Christian? No, my dad actually was the backup uh, kicker in college. But I don't know how that came about because I don't think he played soccer. I played soccer. I don't know where where he uh, magically uh, found the ability to kick, but supposedly he was one of the backup kickers at Carolina. So he says at least. That's what did, he says. Did you ever mess around with the kickers either at Alabama or with Carolina after practice just seeing – um, you know, uh, how far you could uh, hit hit a field goal? Yeah, I fooled around. I never like actually tried to, you know, keep pushing it back, seeing you know what I could make. I just, you know, fool around sometimes and go kick a football here and there. And what was your longest? I, like I said, I, I never tried to do that. I just might just play around and go kick one as I'm going inside. You know, they actually are <laughs> trying to be serious over there, so I wasn't trying to mess them up. <laughs> uh, am I am I allowed to drop kick? Sure, old, I go old it school. Counts. I used to be able to drop kick pretty, pretty far. Hey, you know what, Christian? Probably, do you know what a drop kick is, Christian? And I'm please, I'm not making fun of your youth. In fact, I'm very envious of it. So let's make that perfectly clear. Do you know what or have seen a drop kick? Yeah, I don't know if I've. Uh, I don't remember the last time I actually saw one in the league. But yeah, I know exactly what a drop kick is. Actually, no, somebody did do that. Uh, God, who was that? There's somebody did do that uh, a few years it ago. It was like, uh, wasn't it? Doug, didn't Doug Flutie 
I think Doug Fine might have done one, but I think someone did one recently. I'm not going to lie. I think I remember seeing one, but yeah, I I, do know what that is. I think the Scottish punter Jamie Gillen attempted one in the last couple of years. I don't think it went well. Oh, okay. Uh, I think Flutie made his, didn't he? I think he did, yeah, when he was playing for the Patriots. You're spending Uh, time around him. He's he's a pretty cool, remarkable guy. I haven't. I haven't. You know, uh, I think it was in a preseason game that Chad Johnson uh, for the Bengals, he was known then as Ocho Cinco, they let him kick an extra point. And, man, he just drilled it. Ocho Cinco did? Yeah, 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 because he he fashions himself as a bit of a soccer. He's a soccer nut. Like, he'll... He'll go uh, overseas to uh, World Cup games and and even games that don't feature the United States. Like he he loves the World Cup, and uh, yeah, I mean the the extra point that he kicked was uh, I mean several rows up. I mean, I mean, it, was, it, it, I mean it seemed like it could have gone out out of the, the stadium, but uh, <laughs> Kevin that? Huber, the normal holder, will put it down. High snap. Look at this. <laughs> he drills it. <laughs> Chad Ocho Cinco with a point. I heard there. somebody was telling me that he he was kicking wow. one day in practice, and they said he was kicking unbelievably. He'll be That's uh, oh it's amazing they let him do it. I'm I'm assuming well, it was that pre-season. the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, I would think probably they had a sizable lead. I don't know. In preseason, does it matter? It's good to know you got a guy like that on your team, though. Hey, I mean, we've seen uh, when kickers do get hurt, and then uh, for some reason, punters aren't oftentimes uh, real good at kicking extra points, which I don't understand because they don't have anything to do in practice, as far as I can tell, Christian, the the, the punter and the and the kicker, other than to practice punting and kicking. <laughs> that, or they go play yeah, ping the- pong, or it play around and i've seen them do all types of stuff sometimes i'm not gonna say any names but i've seen them playing uh like wall ball and all the time like hey hey hey, hey, i need to go over there and kick man (laughs) (laughs) and then if they make one from 50 yards with time running out Talents and the richest of of that nature is just go to the riches or whatever (laughs) yeah but if they miss oh my You know, well, what's his name? Scott Miller. Buffalo Bills. I mean, he is still hated by many. Um, he kicked for the Stallions. Do you know that? Scott Norhead. Scott. Miller, what am I saying? Uh, yeah. Scott Norhead. We got to go. See you all tomorrow. Norwood. Uh. Matters is responsible for the content of this ad. Attention all women who use Tylenol or other medications containing acetaminophen, including NyQuil or DayQuil, while pregnant. If you are